What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show. I'm your host, Johnny K. It's good to be with you another day. Always grateful to have you on the pod. So we got to get right into it. It's been a little bit, but we're going every day now. My apologies. Um, let's just get right into it. So we got to catch up on some stuff. All right. So some crazy stuff. You, you're at a lot. You're alive right now at a point in time where you're seeing New York City collapse in real time. Well, you're seeing a lot of the cities collapse. You're seeing the whole world change right in front of your eyes. Obviously, the world is chaos. Um, but New York City in particular, you know, I find it, we're going to play something from Mayor Adams. You may have heard it, but you should listen again of what he said. He says in his whole life, he always sees an end to things. But with this migrant crisis, he doesn't. And it will destroy NYC. It will destroy NYC. Not because, listen, we love immigrants on this podcast. We love all humans on this podcast. We don't care about that. But the infrastructure cannot handle hundreds of thousands of people that are illegally coming in, which is so interesting. Like everything is contradictory, right? I find it so fascinating. This is just interesting. We're just observing everything is that the people, the same people who want hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants in New York City are the same people that wouldn't want your child in the school system if they weren't vaccinated. But yet these immigrant children don't have the same immunizations as Americans. There's no documentation on it. If any, they've either had no, no vaccines, probably makes them healthier, but they've either had none or maybe they've had a couple, but you don't know, you don't have documents, but 21,000 of them are coming into the New York City public school district. And yet those same parents are probably the ones that are saying, if your kid's not vaccinated, he cannot come into the school. Like what? Wait, what about them? No, no. If you come into the country legally, you must get the jab. If you come in illegally, you don't need it. We don't care. It doesn't travel with illegal immigrants. The virus stops with every illegal immigrant. That's what I could picture Rachel Maddow saying that the, the virus stops with every illegal immigrant. I don't, it's just a weird thing. We're just observing just weird things going on. So, so, uh, as you know, New York has over a hundred thousand illegal immigrants with getting hundreds and hundreds a day. And what's going to happen is there's no, the, the, here's the truth. I don't know why people can't tell you this, but the infrastructure to handle all these many people, even if you really wanted to help with the goodness of your heart, all these people, hundreds coming in a day, right? New York City doesn't have the infrastructure to handle this many people. It doesn't have the resources. It literally cannot do it. it there is a peak capacity. There is, a, I mean, you are going to see, just mark my words, you're going to see tents in Central Park. You'll never, you won't be able to go to Randall's Island anymore. It's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be crazy because it's never going to stop. It's never going to stop. It's just wild. And then all of a sudden you have one crisis. I don't know, energy outage, something happens. All of a sudden you just have people fighting everywhere. It could be just peak chaos, but I see crime in New York going way, way up. I see things going, it's going to be a catastrophe. We got a lot to get into. Let's play uh, Mayor Adams. And then we're going to get into uh, the solutions, which is cutting uh, overtime pay for police officers uh, in response to supporting illegal immigrants. You should always support people who break the law before people who follow the law. That is the golden rule of world peace. Okay, here we go. Take it away, Mayor Adams. Two minutes, 20 seconds. Just take a listen. Support. And let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life 
Have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to? I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. One time we were just in Venezuela. Now we're in Ecuador. Now we're getting Russian speaking coming through Mexico. Now we're Wait, I don't mean to pause it there, uh, but Russian I have to. Africa. You're telling now- me we're letting Putin sympathizers in this country illegally? I thought we just we're supposed to despise everything Russian, but yet we're letting them in? I'm so confused. Everything's a contradiction. Everything. Nothing makes sense. Everything's opposite day. Two things go together that have nothing to do with each other. And yet, it, it, I don't know. This thing keeps going. Just pick two opposite things. And there's a person who is in favor of both things. And they contradict each other. It's fascinating. And we're getting people from all over the globe who have made them. They're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. And everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. Every community in this city is going to be impacted. We got a $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut. Every service in the city is going to be impacted. All of us. And so I say to you, as I turn it over to you, this is some, some of the most educated, some of the most knowledgeable, probably more of my commissioners and deputy commissioners and chiefs live in this community. So as you ask me a question about migrants, tell me what role you played. How many of you organized to stop what they're doing to us? How many of you were part of the movement to say, we're seeing what this mayor is trying to do and they're destroying New York City? It's gonna come to your neighborhoods. All of us are gonna be impacted by this. I said it last year when we had 15,000, I'm telling you now, with 110,000, the city we knew, we're about to lose. And we're all in this together, all of us. Staten Island saying, send them out to Manhattan. Manhattan is saying, to Queens. Queens is saying, send them out to Brooklyn. No. It's not the game we could play. The city we know could be gone. So my takeaway from that is uh, Eric Adams is a white supremacist, all right? He's racist. He's misogynist. He hates humans. He's anti-American, and uh, he's, uh, he's a Trumper, obviously, okay? Now, everybody knows that, obviously. If you listen to that, you know Eric Adams. Obviously, he is somehow, he's a spy for Trump. That's what's going on, and he's racist. He is the black face of white supremacy. You have to know that, right? I mean, listen, if it keeps happening, you get 110,000, 140,000. I mean, the truth is, he's right. Sure. Is he a racist Putin sympathizer uh, Trumper? Yes. But is he also telling the truth? Yes. Yes, he is. Uh, The infrastructure and the resources cannot coexist with so many people that the city, New York is tiny, man. New York City is tiny. Like, they are it's over man it's almost going to be over if nothing changes it's going to be over and the people who are cheering on the destruction of the city it's so bizarre i don't understand the logic of why you want all these people 
who don't have updated vaccine schedules. I just don't get it. Isn't that what you don't want? Isn't that your biggest fear if they're not immunized? Don't you not want them in society? I'm so confused. I'm, I'm very confused. Are you confused or is it just me? No immunizations? Come on in. You're immunized but don't have this one? Get out. What? What? Coming illegally? Yep. Come in legally? No. So weird. What is going on? The whole world's bizarre world. So what are they doing? Well, they're starting to cut stuff. Here we go. NYPD, New York Post, NYPD overtime to be cut to help pay for migrant crisis even as crime remains higher than before COVID, September 10th. Overtime for NYPD cops will be cut to help pay for the city's migrant crisis, even as police battle to rein in crime that is still higher than before the pandemic. Mayor Eric Adams, budget director, Jackie's Jiha, has told uh, the city's four uniformed agencies, police, fire, sanitation, and corrections, to come up with plans to slash their OT costs. Quote, the mayor will issue a directive to implement an overtime reduction initiative for our city's four uniform agencies, the NYPD, the FDNY, the DOC, and the DSNY. GIA said in a memo sent to city agency Saturday, these agencies must submit a plan to reduce year-to-year overtime spending. The uniform agencies must submit issue monthly reports to city hall, quote, to track overtime spending and their progress in the meeting that re- and meeting that reduction target the memo set. The order comes as Adams has warned the recent flood of tens of thousands of asylum seekers into the Big Apple will, quote, destroy it, including by crippling it financially. And it seems like that's the goal of some people. Perhaps the people really behind all this, maybe that's what they want. Maybe there's people out there. Let's just maybe there's people out there who want to destroy the United States. I don't know. And the only way you do is from within. Maybe we're actually living right now in real time in an opium war. Part two. Against the United States. Fentanyl. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. You know, bring people in above capacity. Just crush the infrastructure. Crush it. This is, I don't understand. I, I, I'm very open-minded to understanding all sides. I don't understand the argument for why this is fantastic for the country. I don't get it. I'm not against it. I just don't get it. It seems like it's very destructive and hurtful and the exact opposite of what you want to do to have a city and a country that flourishes. It seems like having fentanyl everywhere and letting it come through the border unimpeded is a bad idea. Maybe that's racist. Maybe that's a, you know, that's a Putin talking point. I don't know. I don't know. But it just seems very strange. Seems like an opium wars, but we're on the receiving end of it. And people are coming in, coming in. Who knows? There's going to, mark my words, wait till the articles start flowing out in the next couple of years. Polio's back. Malaria's back. Uh, measles, everything's back. How did it come back? I don't know. I have no idea. Where did it come from? What could have happened? They want this stuff happening. Destroy the country in a million trillion different ways. This leads to a million different issues, not just the infrastructure of the city. Then crime goes up, and then you have less resources for America. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. It's not working. It's very weird. I'm open-minded. I'd love to hear what you have to think about it. It just seems like this is crushing the country. But who knows? Just a guess. Moving on. I mean, that's crazy. I think it's nuts. But uh, moving on, moving on. So Megyn Kelly, Megyn Kelly, you may have heard this already because we're behind on this pod, but we're about to be ahead again. Just like, you know, if you've listened to the pod months prior, the past year, we're usually about, you know, three, six, nine months ahead of mainstream news and, you know, other people covering stuff. People have caught up recently because we've just been fully on point. 
but this um uh, i would say is expected from this podcast uh but here we go megan kelly actually this is big actually i'm i didn't know she was she 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 took all these boosters uh but here we go so megan kelly had COVID immunity when she was coerced to take the jab. She has since been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. Quote, I regret getting the vaccine because I don't feel I needed it. You are very brave to speak out, Megyn Kelly. So let's see what she had to say. 30 second clip. I regret getting the vaccine, even though I'm a 52 year old woman, because I don't think I needed it. I think I would have been fine. I'd got COVID many times and I, it was well past when the vac- vaccine was doing what it was supposed to be doing. Um, and then for the first time, I tested positive for an autoimmune issue at my annual physical. Mm. And I asked, I went, I went to the best rheumatologist in New York and I asked her, do you think this could have to do with the, fact the damn booster and then got COVID within three weeks? And she the said, damn booster. yes. Well, I reg- on a good note, on a great note, the new boosters have been approved by the FDA, and they're coming out, baby, mid-September. Are you lining up for yours? Huh? Where are you going to put it? Your butt? Your neck? Your arm? Your, uh, your breast? Or the, you know, what do you, what do you call it? The peck? Where are you going to put it? I feel like we should do me. Like, where should we put it? Where's everyone putting it? It's, it's such a weird thing to praise. Such a, a needle with unknown substances inside. From a massive corporation or a big business called Moderna, who has one product, all products failed until the big pandemic, and then one went through, and now that's their only product that's in market. And now what are they doing? They're sponsoring sporting events. This is <laughs> this is one of the most funny things in the history of the world. So Novak Djokovic. If you remember, by the way, prayers go out to uh, um, Megyn Kelly. So Novak Djokovic just won the U.S. Open, okay? And what's so crazy about this is that he was unable to compete in the U.S. Open for years because he wouldn't get the jab. He didn't want the jab. He wanted freedom of choice over his body, right? My body, my choice, except for this needle. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. But it doesn't stop the transmission or the spread. Okay, whatever. N- not here nor there. Uh, makes a lot of sense. Everything contradicts one another. But anyways, he was not a play. He's the best tennis player of all time. Of all time. All right? And he couldn't play in the U.S. Open. Well, he's back this year. He plays in the U.S. Open. And not only does he play in the U.S. Open, he wins the U.S. Open. Okay? The unvaccinated Novak Djokovic. Okay? Anti-vaxxer. Okay? unbelievable wins the u.s open and when he wins the last shot that he hit to win the tournament to win the u.s open was sponsored by moderna called the shot of the day so so novak Djokovic, his winning tennis shot was the moderna shot of the day and he doesn't like moderna (laughs) That's amazing. The Novak Djokovic, unvaccinated, anti-vaxxer, hits the winning shot, which is also the Moderna shot of the day. Take a listen or take a watch. That is amazing. Uh, oh, boy. Well, we'll take you to the Moderna shot of the day, and it was saving the match point. Oh, the match. match point to get to number 24. There were a lot of shots that were highly impactful. But here's the final one. 
Another day at the office. Relief and release there. So the shot of the day brought to you by Moderna. <laughs> you can tell they felt so weird saying that. The shot of the day brought to you by Moderna. <laughs> Knowing that this dude couldn't get in because he wouldn't take the shot. And now his winning shot is the shot of the day by Moderna. Oh, my God. And now we'll take you to the shot of the day by Moderna of Novak Djokovic winning the match. Oh, wait, anti-vaxxer? Oh, my God. Brought to you by Moderna because we have to say it. <laughs> that's amazing that is ultimate irony my god you have to appreciate that that is fantastic that is hilarious i, I can't even describe how funny that is the moderna shot of the day for anti-vax or novak Djokovic. that's incredible very good shot brought to you by moderna <laughs> i love it that's so good that is so juicy that's as juicy as it gets baby so last thing we're going to cover today is uh mea culpa okay coming clean you got to give it to Gavin Newsom. When people admit they're wrong with their tyrannical powers that they did and they lied to everyone and they did everything that they told you you couldn't do, like going to restaurants, not wearing a mask, all this just tyranny. Um, listen, Gavin Newsom, he's a tyrant. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the guy, but he, I, I was listening to this clip with uh, Chuck Todd who said, if you don't get the jab, you're a criminal, whatever he said. I played that video on the podcast a while ago. He's like, you should be ashamed to try to guilt trip you for the Moderna shot of the day. Um, but this is a four minute clip. It's from Meet the Press. But Gavin Newsom was really intellectually honest. Like, you got to give it to him. I can't believe he did all this because I think they're ready for round two, three, four, five. You got to listen to this and give it to the guy that he he's being honest. He's been the opposite of honest the past few years. But just take a listen. During COVID. Um, you, you were pretty strict with the lockdowns here. And uh, it was an interesting piece in Harper's that sort of was critical of your decisions from this perspective. You found a way to allow the motion picture industry and, some, and, the, and the sort of the movie industry to get back to work. But you didn't allow people to grieve together at funerals or at churches. And that it sort of, and that this may be why there's such a polarized disconnect. What what you prioritize, right? This is this anger between the populace and the elite, supposedly. Here, you prioritize this industry, but you, you know, you were tougher on those that just wanted to go worship. Um, a, what do you say to that, Chris? I think there's a lot of humility, and we didn't know what we didn't know, and it was hardly I. Uh, it was we collectively. I understand. And I think all of us, in, in terms of our collective wisdom. We've evolved. We didn't know what we didn't know. We're experts in hindsight. We're all geniuses. But now. think about what we pri what you pri what you ended up collectively prioritizing. You're prioritizing industry, you know, well, one and, and one specific one, but then didn't prioritize maybe ones that whose maybe values you didn't connect with. Well, I don't think it's a binary. There was iterations within that theme. There was there was fits and starts. There were regional frameworks mm -hmm. uh, that had impacts more broadly defined. There were more industry specific. Uh, uh, frameworks. All of us went through a process. I mean, there was few states that didn't go into aggressive lockdowns, including uh, Florida's Ron DeSantis. No, I understand that, but it was and, more but of, with, but within the framework who, of the who industries. opened the door. It's what industry got yeah. leniency in which yeah, which no, ones. All didn't. of it is all of it is legitimate in terms of reflection. 
All of it's right. legitimate in terms of processing lessons learned. We went through a process. I actually had at Sunnylands, which is the Camp David on the West Coast. Right. We brought together experts across the spectrum, people that supported our efforts, mm -hmm. people that opposed them, international experts. And we spent three days really reflecting, stress testing what we did right, what we did wrong. We're actually putting out a report as it relates to our own lessons learned. I think this country would do well to advance a similar construct, not through the lens or prisms of an ideology, uh, but through- You think there should be almost like a 9-11 commission on what well, lessons learned from been, this pandemic? There's been versions of that, mm -hmm. uh, but they're immediately dismissed within the prism of our partisan frame. And right. so I'm at least trying to work across that and in context of all- What is local, something you do differently? Well, I think no, all, no. we would have done everything differently. Understood, we would understand outdoors as an example. Climate schools down you to try to figure out how to maybe have outdoor classrooms. No, that's not, well, now you're getting I'm, I'm being, I'm, but, but right. I think the nature of the spread early on in understanding epidemiology of that spread, understanding mm -hmm. the spread in the context of how it spread very differently indoors mm -hmm. than outdoors is one perfect example of what a lot of us would have done differently, including again, in states, red mm -hmm. states that shut down their beaches mm -hmm. in the early part of the pandemic. I think a deeper understanding around mask and mask wearing and yeah. N95s, CAN95s, you go through a process across the spectrum in terms of being prepared, issues related to uh, how we fundamentally address the distribution of vaccines and the prioritization. You want to talk about prioritizations early on mm -hmm. in terms of those vaccines. You go through a series of things uh, and there's so many things we could have done differently. You think this country can handle another pandemic, or do you think it would break us? I think we have to. We're a resilient country, so it wouldn't break us. But uh, I'm not convinced we've learned the lessons from the last one. And I think science took a big hit. I think health. Read the history books of 1918. We're still trying to figure out. Yeah. No. And I. But but that's. I mean that's Pandemics alarming. Divide people. That's alarming. It should be alarming to all of us that that all of a sudden health became partisan. Uh, and that's something we're going to pay a big price. You're right. Going forward, but it won't break us. That, I, I mean, listen, did he partially lie there? Yes, we knew a respiratory virus did not spread outdoors. We know shutting down beaches and surfing, all that was absolute madness, okay? We knew all that. Everyone knew all that, all right? He ignored that and still locked down because he wanted to be a tyrant, all right? Let's just be honest. But the fact that he's semi-coming clean and saying he was wrong, we would have done everything different, like, kudos, man. I mean... You got, listen, this is not a partisan podcast. It's not even a political podcast. We just observe events going on in the world and just tell the truth about it, which these days is almost nowhere. That's why you probably listen to the pod. Um, but he, that was a very genuine, I thought, very good. He kind of, you know, walked around the lockdowns of the schools and then he talks about prioritization of vaccines and he went right into injecting kids in their butts and or in their thighs, whatever they do mandatory for schools, just absolute craziness. Okay. And, you know, just, uh, um, did not want to, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the, 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 the declaration, the, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of it. Um, with Jay Bhattacharya. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. The the Great Barrington Declaration, how we totally ignored that, how Fauci slandered it, and you know, we need to shut it down. We need to absolutely get rid of these people. So I, listen, he's a tyrant. California's probably not where I want to be right now. It's a disaster. There he he said like 10 years ago, there's a video of him in San Francisco saying, This is my plan, how we're gonna eradicate homelessness in San Francisco. It's gonna be amazing. 
giving it the 10 year plan. Now it's been like, I don't know, 13 years since he did that. And homelessness is like 80 million times worse. And San Francisco's a war zone. It's a disaster. You can't, in fact, there's a federal building where Nancy Pelosi's employees work out of, and they are being ordered to work from home because it's too dangerous to go into the office in San Francisco because there's like people jabbing people with needles on the steps and just bam, 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 which I thought they would love. But you, I guess if it's heroin, maybe they don't. But if there's a vaccine in it, maybe they would go in with like open arms and roll up their sleeves. Woo! Jab, 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 jab. They can have a little vaccine party. Um, so, uh, it's a war zone. It's a disaster. Uh, there's just people pooping on the sidewalks and jabbing each other with God knows what. But I got to give it to Newsom, man. I don't care who you are. I don't care what party. I don't care about anything. If you're able to admit you're wrong, start turning the corner, become pro-human, pro-civilization, then that's good. And that's a definite, fantastic step in the right direction. We're proud of you, Gavin, even though you look like a slime ball and just like like you look like a... He looks like the guy from like American Psycho who just chops up bodies and he's really clean and meticulous, but behind closed doors, he just murders people. He kind of looks like that and gives me those kind of vibes, but we're very happy that he's turning the corner and maybe doing some things that are right. Sure. Maybe he murders people behind closed doors, but as long as he says things that are truthful, we don't really care what he does in his own, uh, I don't know, governor palace or whatever they have out there. Sunny, sunny days, Island, whatever he talked about. Um, good job, Gavin. That's good. That's, that's a start. It's an absolute start. So, uh, what else we got here? Last thing. Uh, I don't know much about this. It's just interesting. So I'll bring it to your attention. Uh, this is from the AP and I'll pull it up here for you. For those of you watching, although I don't know if we can post this on YouTube because we said the V word, not Venezuela. Okay. U S moves to advance prisoner swap deal with Iran and release 6 billion in frozen Iranian funds. The Biden administration has cleared the way for the release of five American citizens detained in Iran by issuing a blanket waiver for international banks to transfer 6 billion in frozen Iranian money from South Korea to Qatar without fear of U S sanctions. In addition, as part of the deal, the administration has agreed to release five Iranian citizens held in the United States. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken signed off. He's the same guy who got those 51 intelligence officials to sign off saying that the laptop was Russian disinformation, which was a lie right to your face. Just saying he's the guy behind that saying they won't be sanctioned. Now, I don't have a take on this. But I just I know people talk about, you know, the whole politics that people talk about Iran getting a nuclear weapon and that's really bad and we don't want them to get money to build it. Well, isn't this bad? Wouldn't giving them six billion dollars give them more capital to build a nuclear weapon and use it against us or whoever they want? I, is, is this like the opposite we want to do? You know, I like to point out opposite day because it happens a lot with what's going on in the world. Is this one of them? I don't know. I honestly don't know. It just seems like giving six billion to Iran isn't a good idea, but perhaps the people we're getting back for prisoners is worth it. I just don't know much about it. I just wanted to bring it to your attention in case a nuclear bomb drops on your city from Iran. I want you to know beforehand. Okay. I'm just, that's what we do on the Jonathan Cogan show. Um, I think that's all we got for today. It's good to be back. It's great to be back. We're going to be back every single day, bringing you the hottest and freshest news off the press like we always do. I'm sorry for being away, but we're back and we're together. And uh, this is just the beginning of a new era, baby. Thank you for being with the Jonathan Cogan Show. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, the Rumble channel. Share the pod. That's the only fee of the show right now. I love you. Take care. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.